This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. It's really the Western world now, isn't it? Yeah. Violence flaring, bullets loading. You rode enough to protest, but not for voting. You don't believe in war. Oh, what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me. January 19th, somebody called it the eve of destruction because tomorrow's the uh, inauguration and who knows what's going to happen tonight in tomorrow, Tony. Wow. Awesome. No, it isn't. It isn't really. <laughs> oh, I mean the your performance. I <laughs> Oh, no, I that was horrible. You wrote. No, that was fine. That but, was uh, good. Well, you know what? Great introduction to our show on this, the eve of Descru- destruction, January 19th. <laughs> Um, I hope not. I, 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 I hope not. My fingers are crossed that this is exactly what's supposed to be, right? A peaceful transition of power. And right. That That's people don't go nuts tonight and don't go nuts tomorrow. And then things just stay calm. But what a classic uh, a folk pop rock song there uh, from Barry McGuire, Eve of Destruction. Yes. Yeah. One of those great protest songs from back yep. in the day. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that it's that it's still relevant, isn't it? Yeah, but, it uh, really is relevant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Barry McGuire. Especially when you change a couple of words. Yeah, that's true. You have to yeah, just change a couple of words, and then it's really, it brings things into focus. <laughs> so other than Barry McGuire and the Eve of Destruction uh, on January 19th, uh, the day we're recording this show, what are we going to be talking about uh, on the show today? Well, you know, one of the things we're most passionate about on this show besides, you know, making up words to other songs (laughs) is sharing information and insights with people who just, you know, who are anywhere on their journey towards retirement. And along the way, we've got a lot of decisions to make. So we're often focusing on people who are approaching retirement or already there. But this week, what I want to do is focus on financial advice for younger workers. Uh, you know, like those same people that protest song would have been aimed at. Yeah. 60 years ago now. Jeez, 50 wow. something years ago now. Yeah, uh, over 50. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, there's a lot of comments we've received for the, for, through the years from parents, grandparents, of clients. Of, you know, if, I just wish my grandkids or my kids would make better decisions. Um, you know, I, I really wish they'd take their 401k a little more seriously. So I wouldn't, you know, maybe she wouldn't have to work as long as I did. I wish my grandkids knew more about finances so they wouldn't be mis- making the same mistakes or running up all that credit card debt. So today I want to, uh, Give people a little bit of help with that. But before we jump into the financial advice for younger workers, 
let me formally introduce the youngest at heart worker at the very least, Tony Shore. <laughs> Tony, forever young or forever 21. I'm not sure which one you are. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Forever young was actually by Alphaville. That was an 80s hit. But um, I am doing great. And yeah, I am forever young. Uh, but it's funny listening to you talk about what, you know, what we like to talk about on the show and what the show's all about. Uh, it makes the name of the show that much more appropriate, the financial compass. As you're on, you said people are on this financial or retirement journey. And, you know, if you can start that process or that journey early on in your life, you're going to be a lot better off. And I know, Matt, that's what you do. You're like a financial compass for uh, your clients and for our listeners out there. So that's perfect. But I've had a great week and love uh, hearing you sing Eve of Destruction, which actually is well over 50 years old. I, I looked it up. Uh, that came out in 1965. So, yeah, that's crazy to think that that song is that old now. Yeah, yeah, it's older than I am. So, yeah, older, yes. old, uh, which that's is old. that means it's definitely older than I am if it's older than you. <laughs> well, looks aren't everything. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that's funny. So, um, yeah, but I really think that this is going to be a good show. I've had a great week. How about you? Are you keeping busy? Now, does the fact that it's the beginning of the year, tax season's on its way, does that make you busier typically? Uh, well, you know, we've always got plenty to do. Uh, sure. tax, season, tax season crams a lot of work into a shorter period of time. So things generally feel a little busier Oh, sure. this time of year. Um, and, you know, it's you're always playing that game of who's going to, who's going to mail their stuff out to people the latest. And then, you know, (laughs) how long is it going to take for them to get it in? And, you know, we only have to X amount of days. So, you know, it's always that, that piece of it, but you know, we don't, we do taxes for our clients. We, we don't, we don't put the tax side of our practice out as a like a revenue generating part of our business. Sure. You know, we don't do a ton of tax you just work. Tie it into the, the overall financial planning that you do yes. with your clients and uh, yes. do offer that to your clients. Well, and I think back uh, toward the topic of today, you know, uh, younger people out there, or you know, to uh, people with grandkids and or parents with kids. Uh, this show's going to apply, you know, giving some financial advice for young workers out there. I- I'm struck by the notion of helping younger people that we care about avoid financial mistakes that we've all made along the way and that you've seen <laughs> over the years helping people. Uh, when I think about, you know, Matt, I think about some of the money mistakes I made when I was young and when I was not so young. Let's just say I wouldn't mind having uh, Doc Brown send me back 20 or 30 years in his DeLorean. So I could uh, fix some of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, if uh, he, if we went forward 30 years from that, you know, we've passed when he came forward in time. Right. So it would be good if we could go back in time and fix a few of those yes. things. I think it, you know, until we master time travel, uh, I, you know, my son and I have been chipping away at it. We're pretty close, All but right. until we, <laughs> until we, you know, finalize that last little kink, we'll have to settle, I think, for some good old fashioned education. Now there was a uh, Investopedia had a great article, I think for some young adults, it was eight financial tips for young adults. And I think that's got some good topics around which we can speak today. Now the first piece of advice they had in that article is to learn self-control. Uh, that's one I think most of us try and work on until the day we die. 
Um, there's some people who are just clearly born with that capacity more than others. Uh, but that's one of those ones that I think, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Now, when we're kids, most of us are learning self-control in terms of when we talk in class, how many cookies we can eat, you know, when, when they first come out of the oven, (laughs) how quickly you can take that bite of pizza. Um, you know, when we go to bed, things like that, but it's just as important to learn financial self-control and know, you know, quite honestly, if you see things the way they've gone, uh, as far as parenting, I'd say, and I'm not saying skills, but I'm saying trends, self-control is not the most taught or sought after virtue for a lot of people anymore. So I think it's even more important for parents, depending on your parenting style to really help kids understand financial self-control, you know, like allowing people to be themselves. I get it. Um, you know, not beating up people over the little tiny mistakes that you weren't showing ultimate control, you know, maybe the difference between being raised in 1910 and 2010 and how you're, how you're trained to do self-control financial self-control, no matter what your parenting style is, is one of those things that you can raise your kids regardless. So I think it's one of those things, no matter what, where on the spectrum you are and how a kid should be raised, financial self-control is one thing that you can move forward with from any angle. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. And so, uh, I think that's really good. Uh, you bring up some really interesting points there. I mean, a, a lot of people, I mean, when we get older uh, and are making a regular salary, we have to learn uh, that instant gratification can get us into trouble. If we mm-hmm. start buying whatever we want with credit cards, I noticed that uh, my daughter just turned 18 and is looking at colleges and has applied to colleges. My son is in his fourth year of college. Those two get so many credit card offers. Oh, yeah. via, via email and physically in the mail. It is insane how they just, you know, you hit college and they just start pumping you with credit card offers. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they still do it uh, on the campuses, but I know at least when I was there and probably when you were there too, they had booths and they'd have free giveaways and whatever oh, that yeah. free thing, whatever that free thing was, I you need when you're in college because what else do you have? Yeah. So yeah, I'll sign up for that credit card so I can have a water bottle or instead a blanket, of drinking out of my another, hand. Yeah, blanket or a, a duffel bag. A, yeah. A gift certificate to some, you know, $5 to eat. Yes, any one of those things would be great, right? Yep. But uh, yeah, those but not so I did listen, I got credit cards in college, but I was smart about them because my parents were in this business and uh, they made sure I understood what what the score was going to be on that. Listen, saving up for the latest PlayStation rather than putting it on plastic and it's going to be so helpful in the long run. That's a lesson my 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 kids already learned. They wanted a PlayStation. Well, you're going to have to you're going to have to earn it. You know, you're going to have to save for it. We're not just buying one. Here's here's how much that costs. Here's what you have to contribute to that. Because, yeah, dad's going to play a few games. So dad's got to pay part for part of it, too. Right. But you have to put X amount of money away and having that and not going into hot for it. I think it's made a big difference and it even makes a difference in how he spends it. So, you know, if putting gadgets, jeans, sushi on credit cards becomes a regular part of your life, you could end up paying for those things. So many years into the future, I can't tell you how many friends I had that graduated not just with school debt, but with all the other debt they rang up on their credit cards. They their launch period was so far down the road from yeah. the burden they had to get out from underneath. Yeah, huge. And it can happen quickly. And it's not a great hole to dig yourself into. And I know a lot of people have said this, but wouldn't it be great if every high school student had to pass some basic personal finance classes and advanced personal finance classes before they graduated high school. 
I mean, I think so many of the common financial mistakes that young people make could be avoided if they just had a little more basic understanding of money. I wish my school and my parents had done a better job with me. Uh, it would have saved me so much money in the long run. Tony, we all wish your parents did a better job with you. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I threw that one up by the rim and you just knocked <laughs> it in. That was a great uh, a great one there. I set that one up. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, usually resist. I like to leave ones that easy alone. <laughs> I could not. Um, <laughs> no, listen, it, that they used to, when my mother was in school, they showed you how to balance checkbooks and do some home finance. Yep. Uh, she talks about that all the time. I remember doing some basic stuff like that, uh, but they never really got very far. Uh, it, and when I was in middle school, my high school, that was not a class. They were straight college prep. Uh, but, you know, college, unless you're taking some finance classes, you're not learning some of these skills. And rarely, if ever, is it really geared towards your home life and understanding your home life as a business and your personal life, you know, the pers- your financial life more as a business rather than something else. So, I think there's a lot to be said about teaching kids programs like that earlier. I, I think you know, home ec is something that should come back to schools. The same thing as I think shop should as well. Uh, I think that teaches kids a lot more responsibility at a younger age. Uh, to being able to do things for yourselves and understanding how to balance your financial life. And you can run scenarios through those things. My, my daughter's school has a little bit of that, but even though the programs are starting to tick back, I think because people are realizing these things, I'm not sure they're always focused on the right stuff or teaching kids the best things about money. It seems to me that they sometimes the curriculum falls into the same trap uh, that you see people kind of falling into with financial news shows, you know, like or trendy things or what seems like it should work, but rarely often it doesn't work for everyone. It's more, um, flavor of the day kind of stuff, unfortunately, uh, when I when I look at some of the stuff. Now, yes, we know that they should be learning these things better. Now, and, and credit cards, listen, they're a tool a lot of people have to use, right? At least from time to time. But you could be strategic about how you use them. You know, sl- select a card that has good and achievable rewards, maybe frequent flyer miles, cash back, especially if you're younger, cash back's a great one. Or if you're going to take that spring break vacation, it's nice to have the flyer miles, I'm sure, as well. Uh, you can And make sure you're always paying your balance in full when that bill hits your mailbox. When you're younger, if you can't do that, you're living way beyond your means and you're only setting yourself up for future financial misery. Don't carry more cards than you can keep track of and pay off each month, but it you do it doesn't hurt to start having that credit build. Well, yeah, exactly. And and building up a good credit is great. Uh, but not relying too heavily on credit cards is that's a valuable a valuable financial <laughs> life lesson. I mean, they can be valuable tools for emergency situations, help you build credit, and you can, you know, get the cash back or uh, air miles, but it's so crucial not to abuse them. And if you don't have the discipline or ability to pay them off every month, uh, then no. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, exactly. Just no know. should be the big word there. And that's a that's one of those words a lot of people have taken out of their vocabulary for their kids. No matter what your your philosophy is in raising your kids, this is one of those topics where the word no is fine to use. You're, you're, it's not an esteem thing anymore, right? It's not going to – this is one of those ones where no matter how you raise your kids, the word no is fine here. So uh, that – again, if you can't pay your credit card bills in full, no. 
Don't use them. They're there for at very best emergency or cash organization. It's a great way to understand your spending at that age and see where your spending is going to. It's a great way to do it at any age if you haven't done the work to do it. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. My sister, who's one of the probably most financially responsible people in the world, if there was if there was a who's who and financially responsible people, they would they would have her on the cover as my guess. But they even when she was in college, she didn't carry credit cards. She didn't get any of it because she didn't want to get in any of that trouble. But when she got out of college and she went to get some of her first stuff, when she went to buy her first car, she was what they call the credit ghost. She had no credit. So having that first credit card is important. Being responsible about it is even more important because if you're not, that's where things start to go bad. That first rate you get on your first car is going to be way higher than if you had just paid your bill on time. It, but not having any credit, some almost sometimes just as bad. All right, now the next point. We've talked about, about credit cards. Controlling your own financial future really jumped out at me. That's the next point that made in there. Now, if you don't take control of your money, someone else will. And they may not have your best interest in mind. Let's say it, some people out there, they're promoting themselves as financial experts. They may just be looking to rip you off. So having a financial control is huge. It doesn't matter. It, it might be as sinister as falling prey to a a financial con man. There are plenty of people out there who give you sincere and well-meaning tips, but who are in fact not really equipped to give you reliable advice. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's so true. That's a really good point. And I think we should keep moving on here, but really quick, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they have any questions or want to sit down and go over a financial plan. Sure. Give us a call. 800-339-9252. Or you could visit us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. And during the show today, you've been offering financial advice for younger people out there or, or people with loved ones who are a bit younger, young adults. And the inspiration uh, came. Uh, I know that you have clients that tell you uh, that, hey, uh, we wish our children and grandchildren had the financial knowledge to avoid some of these common financial mistakes. And like you mentioned during the first segment, uh, many people who are well into their careers, and myself included, look back at some of the financial decisions we made, especially in our teens and 20s, and just cringe. Um, so what's next? So next one I want to talk about, uh, know where your money's going. So it, it, I touched on this when I said the credit card. Using a credit card to track your expenses that's a great way to use your credit card, especially if you're paying it off every month and you get a really good breakdown of what your expenses are. It's absolutely essential to know where your money's going. If you stop every morning on the way to school for a bagel and coffee, you might not really notice the daily expense, but if you plugged it into your budget over time, you'd see how quickly that adds up. And that can be a real eye opener for people. Well, yeah, it can. And I mean, in a way, your mind can always play tricks on you, too. I mean, every morning when you're in line for your coffee and your bagel, you always tell yourself, hey, it's only six bucks. But mm -hmm. your mind doesn't factor in yesterday's six and tomorrow's six and the previous day's six and the previous Ooh. day. So it really <laughs> does add up, right? Yeah, it's a phenomenal analogy. You know, when it comes to budgeting, I've had older clients tell me they wish their children, grandchildren would sacrifice a bit more in their younger years to be able to enjoy a stronger lifestyle in their later years. You know, uh, maybe by renting a more modest apartment when you're 25, you may better position yourself to be in your dream home when you're 50. Uh, I, I have a friend who never rented, stayed home 
through college, their parents were okay with that. And they were that when they were done with college, they were able to buy their first condo. So instead of paying rent for a few years, they sacrificed parents allowed them to stay at home and that money that would have been put away for rent or would have been put out to rent, went to put that in, but making some of those smarter decisions, you're able to, you have to give up something to get something generally, right? You're either giving right. up money to get the thing in your hand, or you're saving some of that money now to have some of that money later. Now, the next piece of advice truly applies to everyone. And no matter where you are in life or on your journey to retirement, it's important to have an emergency fund. We talk about it almost every single week. I get it. If you have credit card debt, student loan debt, and you aren't making much money, it's incredibly difficult to build a substantial emergency fund. If you had listened to us earlier and you didn't get yourself in credit card debt, student loan debt, and you were making the right amount of money, you would have, you probably have an emergency fund because you've been listening there too, but it's not too late. And it's, it's still important to save money, even if it's only a few bucks, ultimately having money socked away for an emergency may help you avoid going further into debt to cover a car repair or an airline ticket to a friend's unexpected destination wedding. Please don't get me started on destination weddings or, you know, once you are in a house, your refrigerator goes down, you know, there are things that will come up that you're going to need to take care of. And if you're, don't have an emergency fund and you still have some of that other debt over your head. That's where things can go south quick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Destination weddings. We really, Oh my hit, gosh. We really hit a, a hot spot or a sore spot there for you, I guess. See, it's that and half birthdays. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Well, yeah, half birthdays. I totally get that. And, uh, I'm not familiar with destination weddings. I've never went to one. So and didn't, yeah. and didn't have one myself. So uh, uh, Listen, I think destination weddings are a great idea if you don't want people to come. Right. And that, I think, in some cases is the whole point. Probably. Yeah, sometimes it is. Probably. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Well, and people shouldn't be putting their money in a shoebox in the closet, though, either, right? I mean, when you're talking about setting money aside, the whole under the mattress thing doesn't work. You got to make sure it's going into something with hopefully a solid interest rate. Of course, these days that gets harder and harder. Well, f yeah, future money for sure. Your ca you, you always your emergency fund should be like cash, cash alternatives, right? Something that's not market facing, something that you can use in an emergency situation. Not always, a, not technically a shoebox, correct? Uh, but yes, your other stuff you want to be work. You always want your money to be working better for you than a shoebox for sure, because all that's collecting there is dust. Although some bank accounts the dust may be worth more than the interest they're paying. <laughs> True. <laughs> so uh, now, so next up, and we don't usually make it in this far into the show, I think, without mentioning this, but saving for retirement and what you were just saying, especially that what you're looking to get out of your money. Retirement isn't a process that you should begin when you turn 50. It's something you should start to think about as soon as you enter the workforce. The sooner you begin saving, the better your chances of reaching your retirement savings goals. Uh, you, you'll, you'll see the studies over and over. You know, if that person started when they were 20 and saved till they were 30, they're ahead of that person that starts when they're 35 and saves till retirement. It's just math and compound interest. So uh, you should take full advantage of your company's retirement plan. If that's an option for you, you can put in pre-tax dollars. Companies often match part of the contribution. And maybe it, while you're in those, some of those lower tax brackets, even some have uh, Roth options in their 401k. So sometimes it's even great to take care of, the, take advantage of the Roth options in there as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I tell my kids when you get your first full-time job, you immediately start putting a portion of that paycheck into the 401k or a retirement plan. I mean, how many grandparents 
parents out there like myself or grandparents listening today would do just about anything to get the young people in their lives to see the wisdom of saving for retirement as soon as they get their first job. That's so huge. Uh, what do you have next? Oh, yeah. Well, I think the next piece of financial advice uh, for younger workers, get a thorough understanding of taxes. Now, you can use an online calculator to help determine your gross pay, the amount of taxes you'll pay, and how much you'll be left with. Okay. Uh, who can forget that feeling, I guess, of getting that first paycheck and being dumbfounded by the amount you actually get to take home versus oh, what you oh, thought yeah. you were making, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an eye-opener. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my kids just went through that in the last couple of years. You know, that I, I, I th I've told the story. I always made them save for retirement from when they first started getting their first allowances at home. 10% of their money uh, went into their savings. And then they could also, then I also did a match. So I did essentially set them up with their own 401k for their bank account. But for the retirement money, I wanted to show them how it would work. And if they put in this much, I'd match, I'd match up to 5% for them into their retirement account. So that's actually money they still haven't touched. Their savings was for things that they wanted to spend above and beyond what was in the house, or the things that we would normally get for them. And then their retirement money was money that I wanted them to understand, you know, how that will work. So that's money for them for when they get to college, essentially. But uh, retiring from childhood into adulthood. Yes. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I like the way you put that. That's a, uh, and that's exactly what we're talking about though. I mean, you know, 401ks, you know, when you're in your twenties, you don't want to hear about it. You don't want to hear about retirement. That's not for you, but saving is compounding interest is. And if you're mm -hmm. smart, if you're smart, you're going to start putting money away the minute you get that full-time job or work enough to become vested in uh, an offered savings plan from your employer. Most of them have something. And if they don't start putting it away into some other type of maybe tax deferred or tax advantaged account and let it grow where you're going to get some interest, where it's going to have some uh, attachment to the market where it can earn over time, uh, where you can leave it for the next 50 years or 35 years. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And so that's, I think, the big point uh, that you've been making here. And I think it's a good one, Matt. Now, we're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we have to go today? You know what? I'm going to add what I always add, Tony. You know what that is? <laughs> uh, numbers? Besides the love. Besides the Wisdom? love. Is, uh, no, listen, if, if there's anything that we talked about today you think maybe your kids could benefit from, your grandkids could benefit from. Uh, if you have any questions, if you think they may have questions, give them our number, 800-339-9252. Anything I can help that next generation to do to understand the value of that, I think is going to set them apart from their peer group. I can tell you, on, uh, you know, from what we do, those young couples that come in who are so, you know, below 30 years old, and they've already been thinking about this, the light years they are ahead of their peers in terms of financial stability already at that point in their life is incredibly comforting, not just to them, but to their parents, grandparents. It's it's a nice feeling to know that they get it. And they're, I know that 
They sleep better at night. The parents sleep better at night. Uh, give us a call, 800-339-9252, or visit us online, compass-ltd.com. That first visit, it's always complimentary. There's no cost. There's no obligation to that. We will sit down, talk to you about any of these topics, and then the things that you need to do to get a comprehensive financial plan put in place, one that you can work a little easier to do, just like insurance. It's easier to get done when you're young and tweak it as you go along. Uh, so the earlier you get started on that, the more likely you are to have your eyes on where you want to be also while having that life you want to have now. Wow. That sounds great, Matt. And our listeners can just pick up the phone and give you a call. What's that number one more time? 800-339-9252. All right. And listen, I know you'll be hearing this after uh, after tomorrow, but uh, let's hope that I, I hope everybody as, as no matter who you're disagreeing with, find a peaceful way to resolve your differences, folks. If you can do us any, any of us a favor, find yeah. a peaceful way to resolve Please. your differences. Please. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. And uh, that's a great way to end our show today. And we will be back next week. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of interesting things to talk about next week. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, probably. <laughs> so. All right. I hope we just have one good topic to yeah, there you go. All right, and that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 8 6-9-9-1-1-5-3-9. Member FINRA SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities LLC and Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.